Dads who've embarked on their own fitness journeys, it's your moment to shine. I would like for you to share your success stories below or in the community tab so that we can inspire and build the dad fit community together. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dad Fit Podcast. I'm the host, Barrett Nobel, here with my buddy, Noah Justice. Noah, what's up, man? How you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, got off of work, just finished up a good leg day. So uh, I'm all stoked and ready to go. Got my organic pineapple juice. So take a big swig of that and we're good to go. Let's go. Yeah, good leg days are brutal. It's a good call sitting down after that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about your background, man? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I really got started into the fitness. I really started the fitness journey back in about 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. So I had a whole bunch of stuff change in my life back in 2020. Um, I'll spare you you the whole story, but basically what ended up happening was – Got stuck at home, was commuting in and out of a big, you know, big city, you know, Portland, Oregon, back when I was living over there and um, had a whole bunch of time, not a whole lot to do, just got married. And my wife and I are like, well, I guess we ought to take a look at our health at this point. Right. And so got started. Uh, I laugh. So here's why I laugh, because I got started. My very first fitness program was um, V Shred. So <laughs> I did that. So I did that for uh, about three or four weeks before I kind of just fell apart on it and was like, you know, this isn't working for me. And I took a little bit of a break for about six months before I started to get serious about it again. And the big thing that started for me was I was just like, well, hey, I know how to do some exercises. I know that I need to be eating a little healthier. I know that I need to be taking care of my health a little bit more. Um, I also got COVID at around the same time. And that's when I started to become a lot more aware of you know, how my overall general health affects how I recover from things, how I stay healthier, how much energy I have. And so from there, you know, I started doing some exercises, started going to the gym, started walking a little more consistently. And after about, if that was back in 2021, so that would make this like two years at this point now, um, where I've been a lot more serious about, especially what I'm eating, how I'm working out. And then I got really serious year just over a year and like three months ago and that's when I started going to the gym consistently you know three days a week I hit a plan you know I set something up together and I just started doing all of this research figuring out hey what are the best exercises for legs how do I optimize for hypertrophy how do I optimize for endurance how do I get my body to actually work together what about my recovery diet and I just really dove head first into this whole thing and as I was getting into it I think it was about May or June of this year, I all of a sudden had this realization that I'm I'm learning all of this stuff. And it's not something that a whole lot of other people really know about other than outside of the, you know, other than inside of these very specific communities, right? A lot of these very health-centered communities. And that was really the kind of thing that all of a sudden, you know, I actually flew out for a cousin's wedding. And I was talking with him 
about our health just in general because he was getting ready to get married. And one of the things that just stuck out to me, especially as I was talking to some of my other friends, there was just very few people actually think about everything that goes into their health. And I had a I had a business coach at the time who he was talking with me and like, well, hey, what's something that people need a lot of help with? And I'm just like, health. People don't know what it takes to actually get the basics down, figure out what your you know diet should be, figure out what your exercises should be, how to fit that all together, and how to fit it within a busy time schedule. You know, because I'll be completely honest, I'm working like 10 hour days right now in a very early AM shift. And I'm still finding the time and putting the time together to actually hit four solid hours of workout, you know, just in the gym per week. And the reason I do that and the reason why I tell and, you know, help so many other people do that as well is you have to put your health first and you have to actually get your health to the point where it will sustain itself and it'll actually keep going before you can live the best life that you have. I mean, before I got all serious about this, I was working all sorts of weird shifts, you know, kind of like I was working now, right? So I work two, you know, 3.30 a.m. to about 2 in the afternoon. I work graveyard shifts. I've worked swing shifts, etc. And the biggest difference between working those shifts when I was a little younger, you know, back 2020, um, before then, 2019, 2018, was I just never had energy. I'd go to work. I'd spend all my energy at work. I'd come home and I'd have nothing left to get, right? You know, I just play video games. I do whatever it was I wanted to do. And now that I'm actually devoting serious time and energy into my health, into eating properly, exercising properly, getting the right kind of sleep, even on the limited amount of sleep that I get, I find I have two to three times more energy now. You know, I'm like running businesses. You know, I'm spending more time with my wife. You know, I'm helping other people get healthy as well. And it's just a night and day difference. And that's that's, I guess, the gist of my story there. And the biggest thing I would point out for a lot of people who might be listening is if you aren't putting your health first, you're never going to be able to live the full life that you need to live. You know, I know your podcast is especially for dads who want to get fit, right? If you are not putting your health first and you are not actually focusing on that, which sometimes can feel a little selfish depending on your mindset, you're actually not giving your kids and your family the best life that they could have. And I bet you that's something you've probably said a million times before, but that's just a lesson that I've learned. And heck, I don't even have kids. I'm just married right now, right? I'm married. I have friends. I have people I'm working out with, people I'm helping. And the biggest thing I see is if you don't get your health right first and you don't focus on that first, a good example would be if you don't put your oxygen mask on first, you're not able to help other people live their best lives as well. So that's my story. That's kind of the main lesson I've learned from it. Um, do you have any questions for me on that? I do. I, I forgot my uh, piece of paper here because that was. Oh no! There were so many things. I'm like, oh, I want to ask him about that. I want to ask him about that. First thing that pops into my mind was the routine that you mentioned. V shred, I think you said. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So if you've been familiar, if you've been in the gym industry, that. okay. So there's a whole there's a whole best way to describe it as kerfuffle um, <laughs> in a lot of the health spaces. <laughs> when it comes to V-Shred, um, because V-Shred is a very popular, popular is maybe not necessarily the right term, um, but it is pushed a lot. You get a lot of ads for it on YouTube, Twitter. I've seen them all over the place. If you're in the health industry, you've probably seen V-Shred ads. And 
I actually don't have all that much against V Shred. There's a lot of people who will say, you know, his form's not correct. He's recycling other people's content. You know, a lot of a lot of plagiarism accusations and such. And one of the biggest issues I have is that it's mostly just a corporate shenanigan gig to sell products, to sell protein, and to sell workout programs, right? Um, and a lot of what I found the issue is with V Shred is not necessarily that it's bad content or that it's shilling a whole bunch of stuff but it's that it gives people all of the information but very little of how to execute on it and most of the issues that people have when it comes to their health and actually getting their health in line comes down to the execution and the accountability and if you don't have the execution down and you don't have the accountability to keep you going on that execution, you're going to fall off just like I did within three to four weeks, because let's face it, getting healthy is hard, especially when you're starting out from, you know, especially when you're starting out from a lower position. I mean, back in 2020 there, I was about 215, 220 pounds, um, low, you know, low, what was it? Low muscle percentage. I think I was 30% plus body fat. So, you know, I was, I wasn't like horribly overweight, but I definitely wasn't healthy. I couldn't run a mile. You know, I could do maybe 10 push-ups if I really pushed myself and two pull-ups. <laughs> I, I was not able to do a whole lot. And part of the issue is when you're starting at that place, you have to actually put in very consistent time and energy over a long period of time. We're talking three months, six months, a year, you know, before you actually start to see consistent results. When I actually got serious about it, we're talking like three solid months of going to the gym three times a week, pushing myself to failure, being very intentional about what I ate. I didn't feel different until I was three months in, and I didn't actually start seeing results aesthetically until I was six months in. And now I'm like a year, year and a half in, no, I'm a year, year, three months, year, year and a half in. I have lost track, right? <laughs> and I'm actually starting to see a lot of the results that I'm looking for. So the consistency is the key, and that just comes down to actually having the accountability to stay on target. And that's the biggest thing that's missing from a lot of those big programs is they don't have the accountability to keep you going. And a lot of people, let's, let's be honest, are just pretty terrible about being self-accountable. That's a skill that takes a lot of time and energy to actually learn. Yeah, especially with, I mean, current society, it's, it's not even encouraged to be healthy with yourself and your nutrition. It's like, yeah, just go ahead and sit on the couch. Uh, 90% mm -hmm. of the rest of the country is doing it. Why should you care? And that's one of the yeah. biggest components of my coaching is the community. Uh, Accountability is built into all coaching relationships, but I think the community aspect is huge because it's similar to the military. Like you just have these little groups of cohorts. You all go through the same shit together and, you just build mm -hmm. all these bonds together and you can see this person suffering and you help them through it. And then while you're suffering, they help you through it. So it's almost a built-in accountability mechanisms as well. And I love the community aspect to how I do things. And like you said, just consistency. <laughs> no one, no one wants to do the six months of work. It sucks, but mm -hmm. that's what it takes. And having that coach in the community with you is such a huge uh, component of it to to maintain it longevity i've found it's the biggest component to success is having someone who can help keep you accountable you know if that's you know if that's a friend you know that works great if that has to be a coach 
definitely do that. Coaches are probably the number one like success contributor that I can think of. Um, you know, I've had a couple business coaches and they're really the ones who've helped push me through a lot of those harder times where I was just like, oh, I'm not going to make it. Right. Um, and that's just, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I'm serious, right? You have to actually have someone who's able to push you someone who's, you know, to a certain extent, even someone who you've invested into so that there's actually a little bit of pain behind it. Right. And that's one of the big advantages of coaching is often you've invested in a coach, right? And when you, <laughs> when you, when you sit there and you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to do what my coach says, you know, you've got this little thing in the back of your mind where you're like, <laughs> well, dummy, you just paid a whole bunch of money to ignore what someone who knows what they're talking about is telling you. And you're just like, ah, <sighs> fine. Okay. Yeah, we do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that financial incentive is definitely part of it. And it's, it it's, it's me, underrated. It reminds honestly. me of, yeah, no, there's a, there's a service I used to use when I was younger called stick, I think S T I C K K. It was created by, uh, I don't remember some Ivy league college, but anyways, it was uh, built in the psychology department, but the underlying concept was exactly what you're saying is that I'm, it's, it's, I'm contractually obligated to do the thing that I set out to do because they make you sign a contract. You have to mm -hmm. enter your credit card information. And if you fail, then they take your money and <laughs> it's, it's, it's goofy, but I it used works. it a lot when I was younger and it, it helped. It incentivized me a lot because I absolutely hated losing money on something mm -hmm. that was so stupid. And I would put it like obnoxious amounts. Like I would lose, if I didn't accomplish my goal, I'd lose $5,000. I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to do this goal. I'm not going to lose $5,000 because I didn't work out for like six months straight. Like mm -hmm. those are the kind of contracts I would make with myself. And that was kind of my way of having a, a coach without paying for one, I guess, mm -hmm. because <laughs> I would have been so upset if I, I didn't stick to that contract and I just lost five grand because I've, because what I wanted to take a week off? No, that's that's not happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it people seriously underestimate the the value of having a a stick and a carrot to help you out on your journey, right? I know. Oh gosh, I don't remember yeah. who did the study, um, but there was this university that did a study on motivation and rats. I think it was where what they did is they put a rat in a tube and they attached just you probably know what I'm talking about. You know, they put a spring with a force measurement on its tail and they put the scent of cheese up at the top of the tube and they measured how hard the rat would pull, right? And they found that it pulled say x amount. And what they did then is they took those same rats, put them in the tube again, you know, the whole apparatus, they put the cheese at the top and then they put the smell of a cat at the bottom. And they found that when you had both the carrot and the stick, the rats pulled extra hard. And I don't remember how much it was. Uh, I really ought to look up the study again and refresh myself on it. But there is a very big incentive that you can get and give yourself when you have both a positive thing you're working towards and a negative thing you're running away, you know, you're running away from. And you cannot underestimate having both of those in your program or in your journey when you want to accomplish something big. 
Yeah. Yeah. I personally respond better to the stick than carrot. I think most people do. And that's, that's the unfortunate part, right? Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe that's just how life works because if everyone, you know, was motivated more by, you know, the, the carrot, you probably wouldn't have so many people who were just, you know, sitting around and there's, there's all sorts of psychology about that. But the biggest thing that it comes down yeah. to is you have to have enough pain to be able to actually go and change. Um, and we, we could get into that possibly in another episode because it's just a fascinating topic to talk about is the, you know, the pain threshold that people need to actually get moving on something. Um, but that's just something to, something to keep in mind, oh, something yeah. to think about, right? There's a lot of people who will live with just a, a little bit of pain. You know, they'll tolerate a little bit of pain and be like, well, it could be worse or, you know, it's not big enough that I really need to change it. And they'll just stay where they're at for decades because the pain's not enough for them to change. Yeah. And I know I've mentioned it before on previous episodes and <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to change my onboarding questionnaire at this point, but, um, on my onboarding questionnaire, there's an infinite loop built into it that if you don't answer 10 out of 10, you're ready to change. They'll just keep looping back and then it'll eventually kick you out of the onboarding because clearly you're not ready there mentally to work with me. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to waste each other's times if you're not ready yet. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, you have to be 100% ready to change or else you're not going to follow through with it. And that's where the pain comes in. Yeah. And the, and the motivation, but you know, yeah. again, psychology, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially fitness related because it, it's not easy. I've been doing it for, I don't even know, a decade plus, And I still, some days I'm like, Oh my God, I don't, I don't want to do this. And I mean, I still do it, but mm -hmm. I, I completely understand why there's the hesitancy from so many people. It sucks. It's, I mean, I could find so many other things for that hour that I would love to do or things I need that are backed up at the house that I could get done. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the ROA of actually investing that time into myself and my nutrition, it's it's compounded so much more than maybe going to mow the lawn or something, which is always going to be there as well. But mm -hmm. yeah, the, the ROA is definitely one of the main motivators and aside from my discipline, why I continue to work out and eat mm -hmm. pretty well. <laughs> 100%. I mean, it's, it, it's the long-term benefits and even some of the short-term benefits that really keep me going. Right. Um, I actually, I was sick for about a week and a half. I think it was two weeks ago. So I'm like just now getting back into the gym after taking a week and a half off. And I was, I was out. Um, which that's a, that's a valuable lesson for some of you, you know, gym rats out there is when you are sick, it's okay to take some time to actually rest and recover and get over it. You might actually be doing more damage to yourself and not getting gains, not getting recovery when you should be by working out when you're sick. But where was I going with this? So, you know, I was sick and I'm actually just starting to get back into things. Right. And I find that there's, I've, I've missed it. That's the biggest thing is I've just, I've missed being in that environment, even though, you know, Thursday, Friday of last week, I came back and Saturday, I was like, oh, why did I go work out? I'm stiff all over. But <laughs> I mean, you know, the feeling, right? But there was, yeah. there was this energy that came from it. And as I came back into this week, you know, and I hit my Monday, Tuesday split, I was like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is good. Everything's, you know, falling back into place. And I just have more energy to go out and like have a podcast here with you or 
you know, we just have fun with it. And you don't get that energy yeah. just from sitting around on a couch or even, you know, heck, even going out and doing dishes. You know, I'll be completely honest. Like you said, there's a lot of things that need to get done, but sometimes investing in yourself is the thing that needs to happen first. Yeah. That, that was one of the other points I was going to bring up earlier. You had said, uh, it just reminded me of something that I'm, I'm not the originator of the idea, but like literally the more I work out, the more energy I have. And mm -hmm. it's so backwards in people's minds that don't actually have that day-to-day -day physical activity and stuff. They think, Oh, I'm so tired. I can't go work out. I'm like, no, it's the opposite. Like you, if you go work out, it's going to get your systems moving and you're actually going to become more energized. I, I, that was one of the other things I was going to bring up that you had I, mentioned. I think there's a mindset component to it as well, right? Because obviously, you know, your mindset plays into yeah. all of this. But part of the mindset component that comes in is people who say, hey, I don't have the energy to work out. I don't have the time to work out. They're operating a lot of times from a scarcity mindset where they're saying, hey, I only have so much time in the day. I only have so much energy to give. And when you're operating in a scarcity mindset, you are conserving things. You don't want to expend things. So naturally, you're not going to be spending energy. You're not going to be spending time doing things. And you're going to instead engage in a lot of more, for lack of a better term, low ROI activities because you don't want to risk things. It's a very risk adverse mindset. However, when you are you know, when you are more focused on, hey, let's have an abundance mindset, you know, I've got some time, let's go hit the gym, you know, hey, I've got some energy, let's go hit the gym, stuff like that. That's when you start to actually unlock a lot more energy. And it's not necessarily that you have more physical energy or even more mental energy. It's that you're operating from a different mindset. And in my personal opinion, the body can sense that. It can sense when you're operating on a, hey, we need to conserve things, we need to bring things down, or when you're operating from a, hey, let's expand, let's grow, let's you know go out and do things because your body will adapt to that. And I think that's the biggest contributor to you know going to the gym and getting more energy is, yeah, you're unlocking some stuff biologically, but mentally you're removing the barriers that were keeping you stuck where you were. And that just unlocks so much more potential because you can push yourself so much further and you can actually start to explore what your actual physical limits are and not just, you know, what you think your limits are. Because yeah. those are two very different things, right? Oh, absolutely. That's one of the things that draws me to endurance sports specifically. Um, I've, I've, again, I've mentioned it a few times, but uh, I read David Goggins' book and... Mm -hmm. It was just mind-boggling the stuff he was able to accomplish and that that also inspired me to start running because i absolutely hate running and mm -hmm. i was like well i mean i he, he's just a human i can do that too and that's that's uh my endurance training is what's brought me my mental game uh it's strengthened it so much more than any of the, mm -hmm. the lifting or any of the other physical fitness related activities that i've done and I've gone like <laughs> super Spartan with it. So I'm barefoot running with no headphones in. And I'm just like trying to push myself until who's like, going to carry the boats ready to break. I'm like, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Stay hard, right, Goggins? <laughs> oh, man. No, he is such an inspiration. It's really incredible to see some of his stuff. And I, I, I honestly don't know how he does it. But I do think kind of going back to what I was saying, it's a mindset thing. 
he has the mindset that has literally unlocked everything possible in his body and then some to the point where he's able to push it not not just past where other people thought he could go or where he thought he could go but he was pushing past his own physical limits right um there was yeah oh what was it i want to say there was this one clip of him finishing up it was like a 50 mile marathon or something um and you can just tell when he you know when he crossed that finish line he was spent there was not a drop left in his system. And that's the kind of thing that you can only do. You know, the only there's only like two types of people who do ultra marathons like that, right? There's the people who want to see how far they can push themselves, which I would I would argue, you know, Goggins is one of those people. They 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 either they want to find out where their limit is or they don't know they, they don't even care if they have a limit. And then you've got the people who, yeah. you know, they know they can run it, right? And you've got a very big difference between those two people and the results they're going to get because the people who don't know their limits or don't care that they have a limit are going to go further than the people who know they can run the half, you know, not the half marathon, but like the, you know, the ultra marathon. And that's, again, it's a mindset thing. And it's also just a, you're pushing yourself. And when you push yourself more, you're yeah. going to grow more. You're going to expand more. It all comes back to that abundance mindset, right? There's two very different mindsets in those two groups. The people who don't know their limits or don't care, abundance mindset. They're like, I'm going to make it happen no matter what. And they're the people who go out and be super successful and do the things everyone else says is impossible. The people who are like, oh, yeah, I can run an ultra marathon. They're operating from that. They're operating from that. Um, I, I just said it earlier, right? That um, that uh, scarcity mindset. Thank you. That scarcity mindset. And what ends up happening there is they don't push themselves. And so they might have more capacity than say, you know, Goggins would, but they're not going to achieve what Goggins did because they're operating from that scarcity mindset. They're only going to do what they know they can do. And if that's one thing you guys can get from this whole podcast, right, is that, that mindset difference of are you operating from an abundance mindset? Or are you operating from a scarcity mindset? Take that because that is the number one thing that is going to 10x your health, your fitness, your life moving forward. And it's it's been the biggest change in my own life is changing, you know, kind of flipping that switch and going, hey, I need to conserve. I need to think about how I'm going to spend things to let's grow. Let's expand. Let's make things happen. Instead of figuring out how I can save money, let's figure out how I can make money that's that's the mindset difference that you need to be thinking about and if you can make that one mental mental switch click that's going to be the biggest thing that's going to take those barriers that are holding you back and let you move past them i'm sorry i feel like i'm getting off topic on a bunch of this stuff but um because i've got this list of questions off to the side that you were going to talk to me about and i'm like i don't know if we've hit any of these am i talking too much No, it's it's good, man. That's the whole. That's how I run the podcast, I guess. Uh, it's just pure conversational, and we're just just weaving in and out wherever it goes. It goes, and I don't. So it's actually a failure as long as it's overarching fitness related. Then I'm good with it. So it's actually a failure if we have to go through the whole question list, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be super boring. <laughs> I mean, some of the questions are pretty good. I'll give myself that, but. <laughs> I was well, hey. I was going to ask you one of them. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, what core skill set do you wish you had developed earlier? 
Oh, goodness. I would honestly say the core skill set I wish I'd developed earlier would have been my endurance. So like a lot of my zone two, my um, threshold training, even some of that VO2 max stuff, because I'm only just now starting to get into that. And there's just a whole world of potential out there that I know I'm not maximizing on. And, you know, I'm doing what I can now. Part of what I'm actually running into right now is I physically don't have enough time to fit everything in that I want to, which yeah, it is what it is when you're working, you know, a nine to five, you know, and you're running a business, you have to make some sacrifices. That's one of those things that, you know, maybe I'm making a mistake on, but I'm I'm making that sacrifice on is I'm only getting maybe uh, 90 minutes of like zone two training in a week and maybe I'll get a VO2 max training in. So it, it's something that I wish I'd developed more of. And it's something that as soon as I have the time, I'm going to immediately locked in, lock in on and be like, okay, hey, we're going to try and hit 150 minutes of zone two a week. We're going to hit that. You know, we're going to do a little bit more threshold on top of that. And then we're also going to add in the VO2 max. And that's something I want to develop more of because I know that just unlocks so much more potential. When you have more endurance, you have more ability to recover. When you have more zone two, you're able to go longer, you know, just in your normal sports without it, it just it 10 X is everything else in your life. Right. You know, it expands your potential. Yeah. It's like it's a multiplier in a lot of ways. And if what you can do, oh, it, yeah. there are some people who will make a mistake on this, right? They'll they'll go and they'll try and do the multipliers before they go and do the basics. And there's a certain there's a certain extent where zone two and a lot of that endurance training is your basics, but there's also an extent to which it multiplies, especially when you've already developed, say, a really good you know workout routine when it comes to resistance training you want to get those basics mm -hmm. down first and then start stacking your multipliers on top of them. Because when you can stack your multipliers, that's when you start getting those, that's when you start getting to go do those incredible things that people are like, nah, you can't do that. You know, that stuff that people say is impossible. <laughs> so that would be the biggest thing I wish I'd developed more on. And as soon as, you know, it's a priority, as soon as I can make the time for it is going to be more of that endurance training, more of that cardiovascular training. Hey everyone, hope you're really enjoying this Dad Fit podcast with me. If you could leave a review, your feedback helps me and Dads worldwide. Together we're unstoppable. Yeah, that was that was a big shift for me this year in particular. Again, because I read Goggins' book, I'm like, I'm gonna run an ultra marathon this year. So I, uh, I cut back on the the lifting, the strength training mm -hmm. a little bit and. I had to shift it a little bit more to uh, just pure endurance training because some of the, I mean, towards like a, a month or so before the actual race, I mean, I'm running for like four hours on Sunday mm -hmm. or something. That that's a huge chunk of time, and it's a I massive didn't enjoy a single minute of it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> Um, and that's actually something, you know, I wouldn't be able to say I've heard this from personal experience or not. I wouldn't be able to say this from personal experience, but from a lot of the people I've talked with, would you say it was easier to build the muscle first and then go into the endurance training? Or would you, you know, say someone should try doing things the other way around? Because what I've heard typically is build the muscle first and then branch out into the other areas. It's a good question. Um, 
I honestly, I mean, that's the route I went with. So that's really the only one I can say for certain is the, it works because I mm. know personally that that's what I did. Um, I've never seen someone start as an endurance athlete and then turn into a strength or bodybuilding athlete. I've never heard oh, of interesting. anyone who's done that. Not saying it doesn't exist, but I would say it's easier to build the, the physique and the musculature and then you can transition into the cardiovascular. And that's a lot of what my training and coaching is. It's, it's a hybrid approach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's trying to marry both of them together as cohesively as possible, depending yeah. on the person's goal. Like I said, this year for me was a little more endurance-based, so I cut back on the strength and bodybuilding. And next year, I mean, next year is going to be almost exclusive endurance-based for the stupid race that I signed up for. But that's a, that's a different story. <laughs> Action. I'm not Meet an endurance athlete, and I signed up for the craziest mountain race. <laughs> oh, which one? That'll be interesting to see. But what's that? Which race is it? Oh. <sighs> So next September, I'm running the entire country of Wales. It's called the Dragon's Back Race. Oh, that'll be cool. Wales is a beautiful spot. It's going to be brutal, but I'm excited for well, the Well, yeah, that too. But... It's just going to be badass. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about um, 330 kilometers, so maybe 220 miles. It's a six-day race. It's basically a ultra trail running race every day. I think the third day is the longest with a 70K, and then every other day is like a 50K or something varying on top of that. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to keep us posted on that and give us the whole breakdown because I'd love to hear an after action report of how that went and all the things where you're like, oh yeah, this was great and not this sucked. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I I don't know. I think I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb because I've watched a couple documentaries and interviews with most of the racers, and they're what you would expect a typical endurance athlete mm-hmm. to look like. So I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to stick There's out. There's going to be a, a big muscular thumb just sticking know. out there, right? <laughs> Everyone's going to be goal. like, oh, what's I this guy look training like for? I shouldn't be there, and I want to finish it. <laughs> and again i that's that's what i want to show is like you can you can have both and you you can be the strength athlete and then you can run a six-day ultra marathon it's it's all mental it goes back to all Mm -hmm. of that which we talked about earlier Well, let's see. What what else did you have for um, me? I think we're we're reaching the halfway point here. I I will have to call it at five o'clock exactly, but uh, until then, we've we've got okay. like twenty five minutes. Do you have any specific questions for me? I mean, it's usually I'm asking questions, but I'm always welcome for questions. I've got a bunch more here if, if you want me to keep going. No, I mean go for it. I don't have any in the uh, top of my head right now. You really, you really ought to come on to the uh, the fitness right. power hour spaces though, because we'd love to have you on there a little more. Those are the ones you host, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah, I me, came on me one and... last week, but I don't, 
I know something. Something popped up and I had to drop it, but Oh yeah, no, you're good. Um Yeah, let me pull this up here. So you said you were fairly fairly new to fitness within like the past five years or so. Mm-hmm. What do you think brought that about in you? And does your wife participate with you? So I'll I'll answer that in the two parts then. So first it was really just a realization that I was not living life to my fullest and I didn't like being fat and not being able to do things and not liking the way I looked in the mirror. Right. So it, I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest. It was, it was pretty simple. I'm just like, Hmm, I don't like the way I look. I'm kind of fat and I can't lift things. Okay. I want to change this. I'm a simple guy, right? You know, it doesn't take, it doesn't take too much to motivate me that way. But, um, as far as my wife goes, we really want to get into doing things more together on it, but you know, we're both working full-time jobs right now. And because our shifts are all not quite opposite, but you know, they they aren't paired very well. The only time we get together is going to be like two or three hours in the evening. And that's not the kind of thing that just works with going to the gym and working out together. Um, so it's, it's a necessary sacrifice at the moment. You know, it's again, why I'm working on developing the business, you know, where I'm working on helping other people out because the dream is, you know, as soon as we can get her out of her job, we'll both be able to go to the gym. We'll be able to work on that. And that's one of the, you know, one of the prerequisites for actually going and having kids is we want to both have the best health that we can. And that's going to be like a six to 12 month journey, probably longer. You know, obviously we're not going to get to our ideal, you know, our ideal bodies within that six to 12 month period, but that'll get us probably 80% of the way there. And if we can at least get 80% of the way there, we'll feel good enough and comfortable enough with where we're at physically in order to actually go and have kids. So that's, that's where we're at at the moment. She, she loves working out and she enjoys doing it, but if it came down to doing that or sacrificing the little time that we do have together, we'd, we'd rather sacrifice the gym time. And I know that sounds like it runs a little, you know, counter to a lot of what I was saying earlier, but there are times where you have to make those harder decisions like that. And you have to accept the consequences. You know, I'm accepting the consequences of, Hey, it's going to be a little longer before we're able to go out and, you know, start building a family that way. But that is that is where we're at and that's the that's the priorities we're making so i don't know down the road i might end up looking back on that and being like ah i was so stupid but i don't regret it now and i don't think i'm going to regret it later either you know if you are you know a dad or if you are you know married spending time with the ones you love ultimately should be the top priority and you need to put your health really high up there and that needs to be as high as you can but if I was faced with the decision of, hey, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to take my wife out for lunch. I'm going to take my wife out for lunch every time. Yeah, I, I, I'm serious about that. And you need to be able to make those priority decisions yourself. The gym is always going to be there for me. I might not always have time to go out with my wife for lunch. So that that's that's where we're at right now on that. Yeah, I can't think of any time where I've chose to spend the time with my wife over something else. And I was like, Oh man, that was a bad choice. (laughs) (laughs) 
if you do, yeah, you might you might need to get your priorities straight, right? <laughs> right. Uh, Noah, who would you say your heroes are, man? Oh golly, um, you know, I I would actually say my hero right now is my ideal version of myself. And it's going to sound really weird to say, but I have this idea in my head of who I want to be five years, 10 years into the future. And I've actually done a lot of serious work when it comes to developing my mindset and developing what I want things to look like in the future, which I guess a little bit of backstory before I became a health coach, I was actually spent, I spent six months as a life coach, you know, I went and got my certification and all on that. And that's what opened up my mind a lot to the mindset side of things. And one of the exercises that I did as part of that was figuring out what your ideal version of yourself is going to be. And so I, I literally have like a, a 35 year old or 40 year old Noah in my mind as my hero, you know, someone who is, you know, successful running multiple businesses in the best shape of his life, you know, has, you know, two or three kids, you know, has, you know, a family that loves him, a wife that, you know, loves him, that he loves to spend time with. And the coolest part about having a future version of myself as my, my ideal hero is it's fully achievable. You know, the only thing that's holding me back from that is actually spending the time and energy to do it. And it's become such a powerful motivator for me to go, hey, here's what I want to look like. That's what I'm going to make happen. Um, before, you know, before I really went through that, I would say my coach, well, not my coach, my um, hero before that would have probably been Captain America, though. And the reason for that is, you know, again, really, you know, good, you know, a masculine man who has that good balance of, you know, masculinity, but also the proper emotional and mental side of things as well. He's, you know, at his heart, he's a good man. And he's always been my favorite Avenger out of all of the movies. Um, so I, I guess that would be the two answers to the question there is, you know, it would have been Captain America even as recently as like a year and a half, two years ago. But now it's just an ideal version of myself. Do you mess around with uh, chat GPT at all? <laughs> eh, not really maybe i should maybe i shouldn't that's a decision that i've you know. well so so here's the thing right chat gpt has a lot of potential um actually before before i went and did all of this stuff i was in college to be a mechanical engineer um and i i love talking engineering i love talking technology but the thing the thing about chat gpt that i don't necessarily like is just how controlled it is. I'm very much more of an open source guy. Um, I would rather see, you know, all technology be fully available for everyone, source code fully available. But it's, I don't trust ChatGPT. And because of that, I'm making choices to not <laughs> use it as much as possible. And I know there's people who are saying I'm missing out a lot on a lot of opportunity because of that. And I know I'm missing out on some opportunity by that. But I would also say that by not staking like my whole business or all of my ideas on chat GPT, I've also avoided the market saturation that has come about in the past few months because everyone else was using chat GPT. And so, you know, I'm still a normal human, you know, I'll use it in the instances where it makes sense. <clears throat> you know, I'll use it to automate outreach. I'll use it to automate, you know, actually finding the people that might be in my ICP, but I'm not going to use it to 
have a chat with someone. I'm not going to use it to make my content because I know there's something missing. It, the idea I have in my head is ChatGPT will get you 75% of the way there, which can be good in a lot of instances. But if you're just leaning on that for all of your content, all of your creation, you're literally going to sound the exact same as the rest of the world, not just because it's you're, everyone else is using ChatGPT, but because ChatGPT feeds off of everyone else. And that's that's the biggest issue is yeah. it's now become a recursive loop in a lot of ways. You know, you've got AIs feeding off of itself, which <laughs> is just creating more and more gibberish. So I will use it yeah. in the areas that it makes sense, but I use it as rarely as possible. Maybe I'll regret that in the, the future, but that's the decision that I'm making. Yeah, yeah. No, the reason I brought it up is uh, I use it for very interesting ways, in my opinion. So I use it. The, the reason I brought it up for you specifically is I was I was curious if you had created a persona of your future self and maybe had a conversation with it and potentially reverse engineered the process. That was where my brain was going with all that. That's why I brought it up. But as far as the way I use it, I use ChatGPT as an adversary. So I'll oh. I'll give it a persona and I'll give it ideas that I have. And then I'll say, poke holes in all this. And then we'll have like conversations about it. And I, I find a lot of value in, in that way with it. Um, it mm -hmm. helps me like think about things from outside the box, I guess, for lack of a better term. But yeah, that's what that's, my wife is I for. And anyway... <laughs> i don't need chat gpt i already have someone living in my same home who can just be like there's a hole in your argument there's a hole there's a hole there's a hole you're wrong on this and i'm just like okay well maybe all right let's have let's have a discussion about it um and i don't i don't mean that in any sort of negative way by the way you know it's just it's one it's funny because it's no. one of the ways my wife and i love to communicate is through discussion and argument we will literally have like full on discussions that can sometimes get relatively heated about things because we both enjoy talking. And so whenever it comes to my ideas, you know, I'm always running them past her, you know, because we're a team, right? And she has pointed out so many like little flaws and errors that I would have just blazed past because I tend to either be a big picture guy or a stuck in the details guy. And I have, it's hard for me to find the balance in between. I'm working on that, but um, she's able to balance me out in a lot of ways that way. So that it, it was kind of a joke, but at the same time, I'm 100% serious about it, right? You know, you need to be using every resource at your disposal. And one of those resources yeah. is the person you've married. Oh, absolutely. Um, my wife's a teacher, so I'm constantly throwing ideas at her to get her feedback specifically when it relates to the kids. Cause I am mm -hmm. very clueless and I have no idea how little minds work. And she helps me to understand like I, my flaws for the kids and not, not that she's perfect. No one is, but she at least has way more understanding on how their little minds work and how the things that I do affect them positively, mm -hmm. negatively in different ways I can interact with them. Because mm -hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I still treat them like they're adults. And sometimes that's good. A lot of the times it's not so good. But she helps me to understand when the times are good when they're not bad, or when mm. they're bad. 
And it's similar to my, <clears throat> the whole encompassing community aspect that I'm building out with the dad fit community is child raising and children and how to raise them properly is I'm like 90% leaning into her expertise on mm -hmm. how to build out the criteria and all of the content for that stuff because as I said she's a teacher so she's been way more involved and educated with it than I ever am and my my background's in software engineering so I can't treat mm -hmm. children like code I wish I could I think a lot of people wish they could <laughs> <laughs> yeah no the thought has definitely crossed my mind a time or two right and I don't even have kids yet and that's the funny part <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are way more emotional than logical creatures but okay well i will say they're so fun at the same time because you <laughs> i will say i don't have kids but i'm also the oldest of eight kids right so you know obviously it's not the same experience but um i i've run around with uh, a bunch of younger people trailing me on many occasions <laughs> <laughs> Straight emotion, no logic. <laughs> <laughs> oh golly! Well, hey, you know what do you what do you got for um, me? You so, know this last no, with your. Go ahead. Sorry, there's a bit of a time yeah, lag. In yeah, the... to wrap it on up. Yeah, they see that technology, right? Um, to to wrap it on up here, what would you say? top three tips for someone who's starting their fitness journey mm. online specifically. Hmm. Top three tips. Um, the first would be you have to get your mindset down first. Um, there's been a lot of talk in this podcast about making sure you have a abundance mindset over a scarcity mindset. Um, that's going to be a big component. If you believe and act as if there is more energy, more time, more money out there, you will find that you will have more time, energy, and money. Um, and that's going to take you a lot further than just about anything else that you could do on your, you know, really any part of your life journey, um, in fitness especially. That would be the first big thing I would say is get your mindset correct. Focus on having an abundance mindset on creating value, creating energy, as opposed to trying to conserve it. The second thing would be stop trying to optimize. Um, focus on the basics first. And those basics are going to be really kind of your three or four key pillars. That's going to be your diet. Make sure you get your diet as, you know, as best you can. 80% whole foods is a really good rule of thumb that I like to go by. You know, obviously get a gram of protein per pound of body weight. That's another pretty good rule of thumb. You know, and make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're really trying to eat just as balanced as you can on that. So that would be first, you know, that'd be the first pillar of health. The second one is going to be your workouts and focus more on not necessarily the flashy workouts. You know, don't get distracted by all of that. Focus on as many of the basics as you can and then take them as, you know, efficiently and safely to failure as often as you can given your recovery. And obviously failure is a whole other topic that we could get into. That's its own podcast. But, you know, obviously make sure you're doing it safely. Make sure you're doing it properly. Um, you can find tons of resources out there on that. And then the third is going to be your sleep. 
And I will fully admit that that is the one area that I am lacking in right now because I'm probably getting six hours of consistent sleep at night. I, I am running the bare minimum that one can possibly run and still at least maintain their health, which is also part of the reason why I'm not in a serious bulk right now. You know, I know that right now I'm not optimized for growth. I'm not optimized for actually building muscle or building strength. So I'm using what I have to, you know, really clean up, get a nice cut going, make sure that everything really tightens up so that I'm able to actually hop into a good, you know, hop into a good bulk when I'm ready to start that as soon as I'm able to make the time for it. So get your diet, your exercises and your sleep down, you know, as solid as you can. And then you can start focusing on optimizing that, right? The third thing would really just be to get started. Um, there's tons of resources out there. You know, I, I bet you, I honestly would say that most of the coaches you're going to find on Twitter, on YouTube, etc., they're going to have free programs that you can get easy. You know, just get a program that's going to work relatively well for you, depending on what your time schedule is looking like, right? You know, heck, I've got, you know, I've got a program, you know, for free on my page right now. And Barry, you probably have programs you've put out for free. Find, find something that yeah. will work for your time schedule, because that's the biggest thing. Find something that will work for your time schedule and then start working on that and be okay with failing for now. Because you need to fail in order to learn where Absolutely. you're weak, in order to learn how to grow and where you need to improve on. So just get started, start making movement on it and stay consistent with that. And if you can stay consistent once you've been started, you're ahead of 99% of the other people out there because most people, they'll get a gym membership, they'll go into Planet Fitness, you know, when New Year's comes around, they'll work out for three weeks and then they'll be like, this is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. And they'll go home. And then they'll be paying for their membership for the next like three years, right? Because they're not going to cancel it. Um, you, you don't want to do that. It, it's really simple and easy to actually get started getting healthy. The key is remaining consistent enough to see the results. So those would be the three things I would say, you know, get your mindset correct. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting close to the end of my day. So my brain is uh, starting to leave me, but make sure you're getting your mindset correct. You want to have an abundance mindset. Make sure you're getting the basics down. So you want to make sure you're getting your diet, your health, and your sleep. Those need to be rock solid before you start optimizing anything else. And then make sure... Oh, good God. This is bad. Um, I just said it, too. Right. Start somewhere. Start somewhere and get consistent. Um, if you can do those three things, if you can do those three things you'll get ahead of 90% of people in fitness within six months. And if you've put in the time and energy, you will not only see results, you'll feel different, you'll act different, and you'll, you'll be a better person. You'll be a better person for your family, for your spouse, for your friends, for your community. And that's the key there. You know, I think, Barrett, you would agree with me 100%. You know, the whole goal of being healthier and focusing on your health is not to is not the health itself. It's the life that you get to live better because of the health you have. And if you lose sight of that goal, you've, you've lost the whole picture. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. That's exactly it. 
Well, no, I like to end the shows with uh, giving the guests opportunities to pitch anything, newsletters, podcasts. I mean, I know you're oh, a coach man. if you're open to clients right now. Yeah, <laughs> you hit me at like the, just the wrong time for this because I'm in the middle of re actually revamping a bunch of my I'm I'm in the so I'm in the middle of revamping my site, right? Um I don't have a newsletter right now. All I've got is like one open space in my coaching. So <laughs> I mean, if someone wants to jump on, right? You know, I do have that one open space, but um of all of all the things you could have asked me, I'm just like, ah, oh, crap this would have been the best time and it's nope no everything everything is just lined up incorrectly on this so keep keep you know g give me a follow on x i'll say that you know i try to put out as much content as i can as i can during the week grab my free program and then stay posted for updates you know i'm getting ready to release a new landing page here soon i'm actually getting ready to start jumping into video content very seriously um i've actually got a production company that i'm just starting up with my wife that we are going to be doing a lot more video work with so a lot of big things are coming you know i've got some space right now if one you know if one person is interested but that's where we're heading in the future this is really kind of a pivot point in the business and where i'm taking things from now on perfect then yeah i'll, uh, I'll drop all those links down in the, the show notes when we uh when I finally release this, it seems to be like a three or four week delay. So maybe, maybe you'll have something up. By then. Oh, I'll have a few things up. Way, uh, I'll have to send you some links then. Absolutely. No, this is an absolute yeah, blast. Yeah, Barrett, you, you know, you are just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to health and fitness and, you know, just the experience you've got there. It's really exciting to see you doing this podcast and actually going out and helping more people. So, definitely keep this up you know if you end up getting big don't forget us little guys down here right <laughs> yeah exactly appreciate you man thanks for coming on am i supposed to leave now or something or is this a uh is this the blooper reel now <laughs> We're bloopers at this point, but all we, we're we're in that awkward we're in that awkward goodbye phase, right? <laughs> Bye, I'm leaving. Yeah, like I don't. I'm, I was waiting for you to invite me up, but <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I will just leave then, and uh, we will be good to go. Take care, man. All right, brother. See ya. Hey, you know, Dad, who needs some fitness motivation? Go ahead and share this with them or tag them below. Let's build a strong dad fit community together.